0: Hello and welcome to the Additive Insight podcast, your source for news, interviews and comment on the latest 3D printing and additive manufacturing intelligence brought to you by the TCT content team. I'm your host, Laura Griffiths, TCT Head of Content, and on this episode we have an interview with Jonah Meyerberg, co-founder and CTO at Desktop Metal. The additive manufacturing company first made a name for itself as a pioneer of office-friendly metal 3D printing with its compact studio system and, on the other end of the adoption curve, a production system aimed at, you guessed it, serial production. Since then, Desktop Metal has secured household names like Ford, Google and BMW as customers and expanded its portfolio with more metal platforms, carbon fiber and most recently polymers in a huge deal with Envision Tech. During our conversation, we discussed how this acquisition fits in with what Desktop Metal is calling additive manufacturing 2.0, becoming a publicly listed company, and how 2021 is well positioned to be the year of AM applications. We recorded this interview in early March, and as there's never a dull moment in the AM industry, Desktop Metal has since introduced its desktop health business and announced a major breakthrough in aluminium binder jetting in collaboration with Uniformity Labs. Read these stories in full now at tctemagazine.com As always, if you like what you hear, you can get your free print subscription to TCT Magazine and receive the biggest 3D printing news stories delivered straight to your inbox every week with our Additive Insight newsletter by subscribing at tctemagazine.com Let us know what you think on social at the TCT Magazine and join in the discussion on the Additive Manufacturing Global Community Discord. But first, a word from our sponsor, Ultimaker. Ultimaker are a manufacturer of desktop extrusion based 3D printers that can help streamline your workflow and save you time and money. Ultimaker printers offer industrial grade material options backed by an extensive materials alliance program and they're also paired with trusted Cura slicing software which recently surpassed a milestone of 2 million users. For the decade in the additive manufacturing industry, Ultimaker machines have been used by a wide range of industrial customers for a range of applications. For more info, click the link in the description or visit mytct.co forward slash pod. Hi, Jonah. Thank you so much for joining us on the Additive Insight podcast today. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much.
0: So since you and I last spoke, which would have been, I think, at the last in-person Formnext event in 2019, it's been a strange, challenging year, but a very busy one for Desktop Metal, whether it's launches or uh, new customers. You guys set out in 2020 on the cover of TTT Magazine with this huge message of base is loaded, ready to go. How has the last year been for Desktop Metal?
1: Oh, it's been super exciting. It's hard to believe that that, uh, Formnext was the last time that we were in person together. Uh, but we're really, really hopeful that um, we can get back there this year and 2021 will be a turnaround for um, for the world. But um, mm-hmm. it's uh, it has been amazingly and incredibly exciting for us these last uh, what has it been two years almost um, that we've mm-hmm. been apart. Um, we have desktop metal has um, you know has gone public, which is really exciting. It's opened the doors for so many more opportunities for us to grow, both uh, organically and inorganically. And, um, and like you said, we were uh, uh, excited to uh, launch our base's loaded um, list of products, which we think covers uh, all categories of additive manufacturing, um, and, um, and we're, we're excited to improve upon that.
0: And I do want to touch on some of those launches because, like you said, you've really got this well-rounded portfolio now of different additive manufacturing technologies that really relate to different applications and industries and customers. And the launches really did keep coming throughout 2020. You have the Benchtop P1 3D printing system, which I believe uh, Ford was one of the very early adopters for. Can we talk about that one first and, and where this system fits in with your production style technologies?
1: Yes, Yeah. So um, with the launch of all of our products, we're learning so much uh, with with all of our printers being out in the field and and customers uh, putting their applications into our printers and onto our materials. Um, The P1 was a result of a lot of great customer feedback. And and, um, the P1 enables a ton of materials research to be performed at a, a very, very low cost and it, it, it lowers the bar of entry for customers who are looking to get into the production system. So you can think of the P1 as kind of a mini production system. Uh, you can develop your own materials, you can develop your own uh, processes, um, and, um, and you can print the same exact parts um, with the same exact materials and the same exact processes that go into the full-blown production system, um, but on a much smaller lab-scale system. Uh, so customers are using that to develop their, uh, their new materials, they're they're developing new products and applications, um, and they're uh, actually producing parts for their customers and their applications on the P1. Uh, so it's a really mm-hmm. really exciting uh, piece of hardware uh, that um, that really allows people to dive in and get going into um, into a metal binder jetting with desktop metal processes and materials right uh, very very easily.
0: Mm-hmm. And you've also improved on the studio system as well with the launch of the Studio 2 and eliminating the, the divining step of the process. Can you talk a little bit about why that's such an important milestone in, in managing to, to get rid of this uh, kind of three-step process now for uh, binder style manufacturing and, and also um, just the kinds of customers that are, that are really after this machine?
1: Yeah, the studio system continues to deliver. And um, one of the things that we learned with our customers is that speed um, and, and turnaround time from a, part in the, from a digital part to get into a physical part is super critical. And if we could remove mm-hmm. a large chunk of time from that, it, it, would, it would make um, the customers even more happy. So we, um, with the Studio 2, uh, we've introduced new materials Uh, It's a new binding system that we mix with our powders. And that new binding system allows us to take the parts off the printer and put them directly into the furnace, cutting out an entire step and an entire piece of uh, hardware. Um, And what that does is it speeds up uh, the process significantly, but it also improves the reliability and the quality of the parts um, because they don't have to go through this intermediate uh, debinding step. Um, and it's interesting because, um, you know, we we took from the MIM industry uh, a, a number of, uh, of technologies to get us going very quickly on the on the studio system. And now we're improving on that. Uh, we're going a step further. And w- what we're going to see is a lot of this technology will feed back into the MIM industry, uh, what we're doing here in this, in you know, to improve the studio system um, and um, and to improve our customers experience with with metal 3D printing.
0: hmm. And you've also made improvements elsewhere as well. That's not just on the hardware side. You've had plenty of material launches, but also on the software side too, where you've developed these uh, live sinter tools to really help that uh, next stage in the process, which, as we know, it's been sintering uh, and has been used in the MIM industry for such a, a long, long time, but it's kind of. Um, it's not a very well understood process. It's quite hard to, to kind of simulate a lot of what happens in the in that sintering stage, but um, you've developed this software that really helps that and kind of, um, you know, you don't have to be an expert to then um, do this kind of end-to-end binder jet process.
1: Yes, that's exactly right. We're trying to add software tools alongside of all of our hardware tools that will help um, our customers you know adopt additive manufacturing and be successful with every one of their prints and we start with Mm -hmm. the build prep build prep softwares and generative design tools uh, like live parts Um, we take the digital designs and we uh, help the customers to uh, to improve them uh, to make them successful for 3d printing Uh, and one of the areas that we saw um, where we could add a, a lot of value was in sintering and that's the live sensor software live mm-hmm. sensor is now live with a number of customers and it really, it, it simulates on a, on a, a very uh, highly detailed physics level, what happens when a, a powdered metal part goes through the sintering process, the debinding and then sintering and, and of course, shrinking process. Um, and the part can, can distort. It has a number of uh, forces that are uh, enacting with it, including uh, gravity and friction and um, and it's oftentimes hard to predict what exactly happens with that part. We're we're surprised all the time when we put uh, random geometry through Live Center and we see how it distorts. Um, and we are able to, and Live Center is able to pre-distort those parts, so that when they come out of the furnace, uh, they are exactly the way that the customer wants. And so we think this is a whole lot more effective um, than uh, than just kind of. Uh, going through iterative uh, design loops, we're predicting how the part reacts underneath the forces of a sensory um, and able to uh, give the customer exactly what they want out of that furnace every time.
0: hmm And so to top off all of those launches, you mentioned it at the start that you ended 2020 with this uh, milestone of becoming a publicly listed company um, in a deal with Try and Acquisition Corp. I just wondered, um, how does that change things at Desktop Metal? How will that allow the company to grow even further now?
1: Yeah, well, one of the... um, uh... One of the goals that we had w- when we took the company public was to uh, make sure that it doesn't change the fundamental culture within the company uh, or mm-hmm. with any other company that we uh, we partner with uh, we want we wanted to ex- to um, accelerate it and enhance uh, the desktop metal culture the product development and product design and innovation that we're doing and so what um, going public did for us was it gave us opportunities to grow um, to launch um, more of the designs that we have uh, and have had in development over the past five years now. Uh, we're really mm-hmm. excited about what's to come at this top metal. And so now uh, what the, the public listing allows us to do is to you know organically grow and launch these, these new products as well as inorganically grow, to partner with other companies um, that are that are developing complementary technologies so that we can serve um, our customers even better.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'll talk a little bit later about um, how you are partnering with other companies and and really building out your your portfolio there. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on some of the trends that we've seen over the last year with additive manufacturing. Of course, the challenges of the pandemic really highlighted kind of um, disruptions within supply chains and where additive manufacturing can really fit into that to help shore them up and make them more resilient. I just wonder what your thoughts were on the role of additive manufacturing in really um, helping supply chain and and what kind of opportunities. There are there,
1: you know, as as awful as the last year was, it was really exciting to see how uh, the pandemic brought together uh, manufacturers, mm-hmm. and and in our case, it brought together the uh, additive manufacturing community. Uh, all uh, manufacturers of all different types, and all different materials and sizes and shapes, um, came together to to serve uh, the needs of the industry, uh, and uh, it was really amazing to watch how quickly we were able to react. Compared to traditional manufacturing processes, uh, where we were able to de- develop um, designs uh, digitally around the world uh, for many, many different applications and needs, we're able to instantaneously transfer those designs locally to where they were needed. Uh, and there were there are printers um, everywhere around the globe right now, and so we're able mm-hmm. to react very quickly to uh, to produce, mass produce. Uh, the designs that are needed Uh, and nasal swabs is a great example of that you know nasal swabs Mm -hmm. was a was an um an opportunity for the industry to kind of come together for a single um uh, need uh, and and deliver on it and it gave desktop metal a chance to really evaluate um, how other companies handle this how you know how they are uh situated to to serve um you know to work with desktop metal to work with each other Mm -hmm. um it was a great experience all around
0: Hmm, and it, it's interesting that you say that, and it's the same perspective I'm getting from so many people. Where you you don't really want to say it, but for additive manufacturing, it really did kind of as, as terrible as the last year was. It really did highlight the benefits and the advantages that additive manufacturing can offer in supply chain, and you know, it, with very specific products like that, like the nasal swabs, additive manufacturing is, is really just perfect for that. Do you think that um, kind of some of the benefits that people will have seen now from additive manufacturing in terms of it being, uh, really a, a suitable production technology do you think that mindset is is starting to stick now do you think people will have learned things from the last year and really take that forward into their day-to-day work
1: yes ab- absolutely i think that a couple of things happened um, when there were uh, you know uh, outweighing you know need and demand for such things as the nasal swab um, that the industry was was able to kind of or um, willing to take risks on new materials uh, or new designs that were very specific to additive manufacturing but were Mm -hmm. um unusual uh for their common application and nasal swab is a great example of that where you might have a you know kind of a cotton bristle um, that you use on the end of a nasal swab and um Mm -hmm. you know additive manufacturing is not going to print you a a cotton bristle it's going to print a a different type of matrix but one that is just as good at collecting nasal swab samples Um, and it's you know turns out to be a lattice structure uh, on the tip of these uh, these swabs, that uh, is otherwise impossible uh, to to manufacture. But for additive manufacturing, it's it's extremely easy. Matter of fact, it's it's optimum. Uh, and so you, we saw these applications, these new designs, these new materials uh, going to work for us. Uh, and um, and I think it did a it did a great job of of kind of pushing people over the edge, saying, "Wow, this is this is not my." Uh, not my father's 3D printing, right? This is now, mm-hmm. uh, this is manufacturing with materials that are, um, are fundamentally capable of being applied to real applications, uh, not just, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we're not looking at just metals right now, we're, we're looking at, uh, at high performance polymers uh, as well that will, um, mm-hmm. will help the industry go into mass production.
0: start this year, uh, my colleague wrote a piece, um, as, as everybody does, I guess, at the start of the year, about the kind of trends uh, you hope to see um, in the coming 12 months and the kinds of things that we hope to see emerge in the additive manufacturing industry. And a trend that certainly came out was that for uh, the demand for binder jet. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on the growth of and the demand for binder jet technology.
1: Yeah, I think this is the, the demand for binder jetting is really fueled by this additive 2.0 mu- movement. Um, uh, more and more companies want to apply 3D printing and metal 3D printing uh, to their industry at high volumes. And when you look at what's available in the metal additive, um, there are a number of different paths that you can take. You know, and this it, it, we, we looked at this years ago, right? Five years ago, um, Desktop Metal looked at metal a um, uh, paths towards metal additive manufacturing, and the only scalable solutions. Um, are our uh, binder jetting? That's the mm. only way to take um, you know, metal 3D printing into mass production. Leverage the hundred years of powdered metallurgy that exists um, for uh, for sintering technology, and leverage the you know hundred hundred years of of, um, of printing that has evolved mm. right from printing presses to digital to you know to digital printing, um, and um, and that continues to improve. So we have improvements. Uh, that we can leverage in materials, and we have improvements um, in in technology that um, you know that that we're we're bringing together right now. Uh, so you you accelerate your printing process by ten to a hundred times uh, faster immediately out of the gate. Uh, you make it compatible with a lot of um, uh, industry um, uh, infrastructures that already mm-hmm. exist from the MIM community, uh, furnaces and furnace technology. Um, and then desktop metal is improving upon those, uh, making even better uh, materials for printing, including better binders and um, and furnace technology, improving furnace technology that hasn't been worked on for, for many, many years. So there's a mm-hmm. ton of, there's a lot of low hanging fruit. There's a lot of opportunity to kind of, um, you know, get on this train and then move even faster over the next 10 years.
0: hmm. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about this additive manufacturing um 2.0 because I I saw Rick had mentioned it in in a release a couple of months back now and so is is that about kind of building on the the things that we've already established in additive manufacturing now and taking it to that next level and and is that specifically talking about production?
1: It is so it's it's not every day that um you know a new mass production manufacturing technology is is invented and um you know we can look back. Over the course of the last, you know, few hundred years, and you can see where different types of of manufacturing technologies emerge and and, and uh, reached maturity. Um, and when it comes to additive manufacturing, we're we're still only you know a thirty year old uh, industry really. And so mm-hmm. we're we we built the foundation for additive over the past twenty years. We've made a whole generation of engineers comfortable with it, and now it's our turn. To bring it into the mass into mass production and there's you know there are a few improvements that needed to take place and and we're you know at a point where that's happening um we're able to take it from uh, research and development from prototyping into mass production into factories um very very similar to the way that um you know that metal injection molded molding happened 50 60 years ago
0: and I wanted to ask you about um, some application stories too. I know that you've already got a really strong list of customer stories from the original Studio system, and we've also seen um, a, a real ramp up in the customer base for the Shop system as well over the last year. Um, are there any interesting customer stories or applications that you can talk to us about that have happened in the last few months?
1: Uh, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And it's a, it's a great, it's a great question and a great point um, to bring up, in that that this is going to be the year of applications. Um, as more and more uh, companies and people and engineers get their hands on 3D printing, they can take their visions, their designs um, that, that we haven't even seen yet into, uh, into reality. And so it's mm-hmm. super exciting to see what our customers are doing. And we're, we're seeing jewelry customers emerge. We're seeing um, our printers being used for oil and gas parts, uh, you know, heavy metal components that are, that are going into highly corrosive environments, um, lightweighting for aerospace um, and general metals and, and polymer production for heavy industry. Um, we have uh, service providers, uh, like a. Uh, there's a company called Freeform. Now, Freeform has traditionally done metal injection molding, just MIM products, and they contract manufacture for others. So they're a service provider um, for metal parts. Someone needs metal parts, by the hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands, they go to Freeform. Now, Freeform is changing over 100% to additive. They are... Um, They're they are servicing all of their customers uh, with very similar parts and new design parts um, with all of our binder jetting processes. So it's really exciting to see them take this and run um, and really be successful. I mean, that's that's the goal here is to make them successful um, mm-hmm. with luxury luxury goods suppliers. Um, there's a company in France called EAC um, where additive manufacturing and, and particularly Binder jetting on the shop system has completely changed their business. Uh, they're a supplier to Louis Vuitton and Chanel and a number of other luxury goods um, companies, and this has changed the way that they design their parts and 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 produce their parts. Um, mm-hmm. and, and as a result, um, from you know, for EAC embracing 3D printing, um, they've told us that they can quickly respond to these uh, development timelines that they're uh, that they're under. And they're moving from, um, you know, from a digital design from their designers to printed pieces in a, in a matter of days versus a matter of weeks. Um, so, you know, this is a 10x improvement for them. Um, mm-hmm. They're able to make, you know, 10 to 10,000 pieces. Um, and, uh, you know, they're able to, you know, produce hardware for leather goods. Um, they're able to produce uh, hardware that, that hangs as ornaments on lingerie. Um, and uh, customized jewelry by the you know by the tens and even hundreds of thousands um, which is amazing and it, these these are these are little um, highly complex uh, components that um, you know that that are very fine detail um, but you can fit thousands of them in each of the build boxes of the shop system so it's completely changed the way that they manufacture right now mm-hmm
0: those are two kind of perfect examples of just how vast the customer base for additive manufacturing is, really, from these really complex, intricate parts in, like luxury goods, as you said, to something like heavy industry. And I'm sure that customer base now is only set to expand with this very big news of Desktop Metals acquisition of Tech and moving into polymer additive manufacturing. Um, I just wondered if you could tell us um, just about the company's decision to move into polymers and, and what made Tech such a good fit for this.
1: Yes, and uh, it's not so. Yeah, it's it's very exciting, uh, very exciting, and it's it's not necessarily our our vision to move into polymers, um, mm-hmm. but it was our vision to partner with um, the leading uh, manufacturer of polymer-based three D printing systems, uh, and and that's what we've done with Envision Tech. Um, we Envision Tech is a great example of where one plus one equals three, right? It's it's mm-hmm. not. Um, it's not just two companies now uh, working side by side, but we're working in concert and the types of uh, materials, the types of parts, the types of applications and companies that we're working with are extremely complementary. We both work in the dental industry. We both work in the jewelry industry. We both work in medical. We have very different solutions and very different approaches. Um, And now all of these customers and applications can look to one family of products. Um, we can better serve them um, with the right materials, the right process for their applications, um, instead of you know competing. There's no reason why um, a direct metal process like binder jetting uh, should compete with an indirect process uh, for metal, like um, like printing and casting. Um, there's mm-hmm. there's pluses and minus, minuses for every one of those, and so you know both Envision Tech and Desktop Metal are extremely excited to now be uh, working side by side. Uh, to To make uh, all of our dental, medical, jewelry, industrial uh, customers that much more comfortable and successful.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that, that as you say, it's more of a, a partnership rather than um, you like taking over these guys. You know, a Vision Tech going to be able to kind of um, almost carry on as they are, but kind of leveraging your expertise and, and vice versa.
1: One hundred percent. We at Desktop Metal, we're we're trying again not to change anything. Um, we okay. want. We think Envision Tech has built an incredible business, an incredible IP portfolio, um, and in an amazing position to grow and expand. Um, and you know, we will will certainly leverage what what each other do uh, well, um, and we will lean lean on each other and pass you know pass deals back and forth. But we're going to be very much working together, and um, it's it just opens up uh, the playing field uh, a much more exciting space uh, over the next year. Um, and, and we're really, really excited to see what we do without without changing the way that we do business.
0: Mm-hmm. And you mentioned a few key markets there where there's already a few parallels, things like um, dental and also um, the jewelry side as well. Are there any kind of new markets or application areas that you're hoping to tap, uh, tap into now with this um, enhanced technology portfolio?
1: Oh, yes. yeah. Uh, there's um, we're, we're introduced to new applications that we hadn't thought of uh, all the time. Um, and, um, you know, and, and within polymers, it's, it's a new frontier. Um, you know, there is, there are new materials being developed at Envision tech right now that will apply to extremely high strength, high temperature applications in, uh, in you name it, even aerospace, um, and, um, and certainly in medical, but, um, what we're seeing is that, um, you know, that now that the companies that we're engaged with are are printing, um, they now want new and new uh, newer newer materials, new, a bigger and bigger palette to use to print with, um, to take it into areas that um, that they think can benefit from it. So uh, you know, desktop metal, we're we're um, listening to our customers and we're launching materials that uh, we are being asked for. Uh, you know, uh, biologically compatible materials like cobalt, chromes, and titaniums. Um, and the same thing's happening at VisionTech. VisionTech is launching uh, a new lines of printers using uh, 8K DLP technology. I mean, the h- highest resolution in the industry, uh, extremely fast printing. Um, and they're matching that with um, new materials that um, can can f- perform like, uh, like uh, thermal plastics, like the, the types of high run injection molded parts um, that you see coming out of the, you know, out of factories by the millions. And so mm-hmm. these these new materials are going to uh, significantly offset tooled uh, thermoplastics that, uh, you know, that are being used traditionally in, in the plastics industry.
0: And so to kind of finish off, I, I want to look ahead to, to the rest of this year and and, and going forward. Is uh, uh, 2021 was slated as the year for the launch of the P50 production system. Um, is that still the case? Can we still expect to see that system um, out to customers this year?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Matter of fact, the P fifty is with a number of customers right now who are having tremendous success um, with it. Uh, again, it's a uh, you know it's a it's a game changing system. It's it's one designed to um, compete with and and surpass traditional uh, mass production. So mm-hmm. um, so absolutely, yeah, we're really excited to see uh, where that goes. And and um, and again, we launched the P one to to help our customers get there faster.
0: And so finally, um, any of the big ambitions for desktop metal this year? Can we expect any more acquisitions or <laughs> any additional product launches? Uh,
1: I, I wish <laughs> I could talk more about that, um, but I, I can tell you, I'm, I'm, I am really, really excited about what, what you'll see over the next, uh, the next nine months as we finish out this year.
0: And now, a word from our sponsor, Ultimaker. Ultimaker are a manufacturer of desktop extrusion based 3D printers that can help streamline your workflow and save you time and money. Ultimaker printers offer industrial grade material options backed by an extensive materials alliance program and they're also paired with trusted Cura slicing software which recently surpassed a milestone of 2 million users. With a decade in the additive manufacturing industry, Ultimaker machines have been used by a wide range of industrial customers for a range of applications. For more info, click the link in the description or visit mytct.co forward slash